What is the Potter family? Hey, this is Shane. That's not Shane. That's a robot set by the government. And that's Kenny from I'm now. I'm a that robot I'm, too. From now that I'm older. More like now that I'm robots. This is Gabriel Russo from the Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear podcast. This is Steve from the Drift and Ramble podcast. This is Nick from the Epic Film Guys podcast. This is Emily from the Story Behind. This is Adam from Everyone Has a Podcast. This is Sean Harrigan from the Cinescape podcast. We are you podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow so follow us on twitter at potter and family and use the hashtag potter and family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same potter and family where great podcasts come home Welcome to Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. I'm your host, Gabriel Russo, and this is the podcast where we delve into the lives of the stars of the silent era. In this episode, we profile the unlikely career of James Murray. Right after this, Lux presents Hollywood. Theater brings you Pat O'Brien, George Murphy, and Ruth Hussey in The Navy Comes Through. And as our special guest this evening, Lieutenant Francis Rich of the Waves. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. It's not Cecil B. DeMille, it's me, Gabriel Russo, the host of Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. And we're back again with... Another episode where we all learn together who these people were and try and keep their memories alive a little bit. This week, like I said, it is one James Murray and the unlikely career that he had briefly and tragic endedly ended tragically. As always, I'm getting my information from Wikipedia because I'm this is a scholarly podcast. From IMDB, the International Movie... No, what? The Internet Movie Database. And today, from a website called silencergolden.com, which I've used um, in the past as well a few times. I've gotten ideas from there several times. And that's where I found out about today's subject, James Murray. He was born February 9th, 1901, and died tragically July 11th, 1936, at the age of 35. He was an actor. He was in 36 films, I, I believe. Best known for his starring role in the 1928 silent film The Crowd, which was King Vidor we've run across a few times in the podcast, but not as many times as you would think for someone... Who left? Uh, who had such an impact on films? Um, we've heard more about the aforementioned Cecil B. DeMille than we have so far about King Vidor, and he had a, a longer career. Anyway, we'll get into him. The Crowd, like I said, was starred uh, starred James Murray and Eleanor Boardman. This is one of the uh, one of the first twenty five films to be selected for preservation into the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. 
as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Very interesting. So James Murray will live, you know, forever in that in that way, anyhow. He was born in the Bronx, Bronx, New York, 1901. He appeared in 1924, he appeared in a Yale University-produced film entitled The Pilgrims, a three-reeler. Um, I think that's the first mention I've I've heard of a three reeler. I, I, I the, the first time I've heard that term or read that term. I've seen you know the features were were longer than two reelers, but um, but a three reeler. That's the first time I've seen that. So anyhow, he played John Alden in The Pilgrims and liked it so much apparently that he decided, well, I'm going to go be an actor. So he went to pursue his dream. Along the road west, he uh, he lived a simple existence, obviously. He worked as a dishwasher. He had to work his way across across the country. I guess he couldn't, you know, he can't just afford to go there. So he worked as a dishwasher, a coal shoveler, boxcar rider. <laughs> I guess you don't, you don't work as a boxcar rider. <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow, when he got to L.A., he started off, as most, most people do, he took bit parts and uh, did some extra work. Eventually, um, he was seen by King Vidor, the director of the crowd, and many others who we just mentioned. Murray was working as an extra at MGM near the casting office. I guess King Vidor spotted Murray and arranged a meeting with him. He thought he was perfect for the lead role in his big in the crowd. Murray doesn't show up for the meeting. It's unclear, but it was either the fact that he didn't take the director seriously and thought it was a joke, or he just didn't believe that it was, in fact, King Vidor. King hunted him down and found him, found Murray again, which is just, it's just crazy to me that the, the, the huge director went to such lengths. He was hunted down, given a screen test, and hired on the spot. King Vidor, like I said he had, uh, in 1979, he was awarded an Honorary Academy Award for his incomparable achievements as a cinematic creator and innovator. He uh, was nominated five times for Best Director. He won eight international film awards during his career. Most of his big films were early days, and uh, Duel in the Sun, 1946... But he lived until 1982. He was born 1894 to 82. So, and he was a very influential Vidor. Vidor. King Vidor. That was probably driving some of you crazy. So, King Vidor found, uh, found James Murray. So, this huge director gives him a, you know, gives him a screen test and hires him on the spot. Now, he's never had this kind of, uh, focus on him before this Murray and uh, he plays he plays in the film he plays a common everyday man which is just just like he was trying to survive the game of life um, he, he puts in a frighteningly real quote and heart-wrenching uh, portrayal it's a hugely demanding role that a lot of seasoned actors apparently wouldn't have been able to pull off but he pulls it off with no problem critics just love the the picture and they loved Murray's portrayal in it. Today, even today, still, the film is considered a masterpiece of filmmaking. So that's kind of interesting. That's the crowd. And I'll bet you could track it down on YouTube. After that, he works 
fairly regularly, never quite attaining the same level of, of, of excellence in his other movies. But, uh, you know, he's in Big City, The Big City in 1928 with Lon Chaney. He's in Thunder in 1929 also with Chaney. Several pictures up through 19, up through the 1930s. But his fame, it's this, it's, you know, it's this old story. His fame came so suddenly. It was like one day he was just an extra and the next day he's in this huge role with, you know, much acclaim, lots of money. Suddenly he's in the in crowd, you know, in Hollywood and he's doing features all over the place and the, it says the daily pressures of stardom and his inner demons quickly took over. What did he turn to for solace? The bottle. That's right. By the early 1930s, he was a chronic alcoholic. You know, he was, he was drinking before then, really, but, um, so in August 1930, <laughs> see, that's the, the one website said that he was drinking, you know, after he becomes famous and by the early 30s, you know, yada yada, but this is, uh, on Wikipedia, it says 19, in 1930, August, he's sentenced to six months in jail after appearing in court drunk on a previous drunk driving charge. So he's in court to appear for drunk driving charge, and he shows up to court drunk. So um, I like this guy. <laughs> he's, he's crazy. He serves four months of hard labor. And uh, he's, he's released after four months. Man, hard labor. And he attempts to make a comeback. Uh, he stops drinking for a while. And uh, in February of 1933, he gets signed to a seven-year contract with Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers slash First National Pictures. I guess they were in the process of, uh, they were, you know, joined. Warner Brothers was in the process of absorbing First National. Um, that same year, same year, he also marries Miss Florida, Marion Sayers. Now, the marriage is short-lived, unfortunately. Um, she's, in November of that year, she's granted a divorce on the grounds that he turned to drinking excessively and uh, forced her to work to support him. So, that's, you know, he quits drinking, he gets this huge contract. But, by 1934... He's out of work entirely, and his he's you know he's disappeared. Or I mean, he's divorced rather. He is um, he's homeless, and he's panhandling on the street. So right around this time, King Vidor again is casting his upcoming film, Our Daily Bread. He immediately thought of Murray, and sets out to find him. He, he wants Murray for a lead role in that picture. So he discovers. After, you know, after searching for a time, he discovers James Murray panhandling. He's much heavier and unkempt, obviously. He's he's homeless. He's begging for money on the street, like I said. So, <laughs> Vidor buys Murray a drink, and they go, you know, they go to talk, and he offers him the lead role in Our Daily Bread. Now, Our, Our Daily Bread, just to, to look at, was a film. It's the sequel to The Crowd. It uses the same characters but with different actors. When Vidor tries to interest Irving Thalberg in the project, Thalberg passes, and uh, Vidor produces the film himself and releases it through United Artists. Now, this again, in 2015 now, Daily, Our Daily Bread is uh, selected by the Library of Congress 
in, for preservation in the National Film Registry. Again, finding it, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So Murray and Vidor are drinking and talking about the, the role, the lead role in Our Daily Bread. Uh, Murray turns Vidor down, stating, quote, just because I stop you on the street and try to borrow a buck from you, you think you can tell me what to do. As far as I'm concerned, you know what you can do with your lousy part. And so, that is the end of uh, James Murray's career, his acting career. You know, you can't say King Vidor didn't try, my goodness. In all, Murray appears in uh, 36 films. Most of them were in the silent era, and in most of his post-silent era films, he's cast in uncredited bit parts or as an extra, even. So, on July 11th, 1936, uh, Murray falls from the North River Pier, which is basically the Hudson River. So, he falls into the Hudson River, and he drowns. The medical examiner determined, yeah, that he drowned, and it was never ruled on whether his death was an accident or a suicide. He was interred at the Calvary Cemetery in Woodside, Queens, New York. So, he had left Hollywood and had returned to New York when it all blew up in his face or went or when it all went down the drain, I guess. Now, King Vidor, he was haunted by um, Murray's decline. And, uh, you know, he gave him his break and he and he liked him and he went, you know, he tried to help him a second time and give him, offer him another career, basically, you know, and uh, it could have revived his whole life. But people that are in the grips of something can't always see the forest for the trees. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, Vidor was haunted by his decline, and he wrote a screenplay about it, but never never made the movie, but it's entitled The Actor. So the movie that made him famous, The Crowd, 1928, was probably one of the saddest and most bitter movies ever made, apparently. Um, it's, it's described as being unrelentingly sad, <laughs> and so much so that MGM executives tried to uh, have the ending changed, and they actually made a new ending. So the down-on-their-luck family in the new ending wins a fortune and lives happily ever after. Like in the last, you know, couple of shots of the of the picture. They're, it's unrelentingly sad through the whole thing, and then right at the very end they win the lottery and live happily ever after. Um, preview audiences, however, laughed and balked at this absurdity. King Vidor got his way, and the movie went on to become the masterpiece that it is considered today. Like I said, Vidor was really affected by... Uh, the downward spiral, spiral of uh, Murray's life. And he said that he respected him as an actor, but was dismayed that alcohol had uh, cost him his career. You know, but he, and he tried, he, he just couldn't do anything about it. Now, uh, Murray also had a brother named Harry. Harry Murray was an actor also in silent films in the late 20s and early 30s. He went on to become a production manager for CBS Television in New York. And he worked on Television game shows, Password All-Stars, which I'm not really familiar with. I guess Password, I, I know. So Password All-Stars, probably just a celebrity version. And To Tell the Truth, 1956, which I've seen. They went to Hollywood together. One year of college, and he went with his older brother to Hollywood, hopping freight trains and hitchhiking. By the time they had gotten to Chicago, Harry decided to give up and go back home. So James continued on and had his career, and we know what happened to him. 
He starred actually in 1927 in a picture opposite Joan Crawford called Rosemary. So there's a, another um, another career highlight for James. Finally, his brother did Harry did make it to uh, Hollywood. He worked on a freighter headed to Los Angeles via the Panama Canal, which was only 10 years old at the time, the Panama Canal. So then he gets he lands some extra roles, then lands a speaking role in 1928, The House of Scandal. There was a lot of celebrating in the Bronx <laughs> because it, two of their local boys had made good. And in fact, several theaters in the Bronx ran both The House of Scandal and The Crowd as a double bill. Because the two brothers were, you know, they both, their pictures came out in 1928. Unfortunately for Harry, they looked very similar. They looked, they were brothers and they looked very, um, this was a disadvantage for Harry in silent films because James was already, I guess he was more famous or something. I don't know why it's a disadvantage only for Harry and not for James. But Harry goes on to double for John Gilbert in movies. And from there he moves to Broadway. He had a career in vaudeville and nightclubs with his team the debonairs yeah that's his dance team and so wow harry harry murray he he retired from cbs in 1968 and after his retirement he logged over 15,000 hours as a volunteer at the hospital in carmel new york the putnam hospital center he lived to the ripe old age of 98 he was beloved by his family and thousands of patients, staff, and visitors who other and others who came to know him during his 28 years of service to the hospital. Wow. So good for Harry. Harry Murray. So James Murray was the subject, and unfortunately, he, um, boy, he had quite a career arc, though. You know, discovered, went from nothing to basically virtually overnight success, essentially. Huge fame, couldn't handle it, and then essentially drank, drank himself to death, or near enough, whether he fell or, or, or jumped. Really inconsequential, you know? He, his drinking ruined his entire career and everything. It's a shame. I think that's gonna wrap it up for James Murray and, uh, for this week's Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. Thank you for downloading. You can follow me on Twitter at grusso.com at g-r-u-s-s-o 1971 why don't you go to podomatic.com and make a podcast uh, you can also please please go to iTunes and leave a review of the show you can also email me or contact me at the Facebook page Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear and that's going to do it for the show once again I am your host Gabriel Russo and thank you thank you very much for downloading Every month seems to be um, getting better and better. The numbers are getting higher and higher. And it's it, uh, just astounding to me that almost 3,600 people last month, well, no, more than 3,600 people last month listened. And we're at 2,000 people right now, just over halfway through the month. It's, it's just unbelievable. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And please join me next time on the show. Bye. Bye.